Where's the meatloaf? It's <laughs> <laughs> a weird, weird one, I guess. Does meatloaf pair well with it's, Miller uh, Lite? I'll give you anybody, points for creativity. Anybody that's an old school fan and a Will Ferrell fan, they'll get yes. that. Yes. Mom, the meatloaf. Yeah. Mom, the meatloaf. <laughs> <laughs> All right, before we get too deep into anything, because this one might take off in a hurry. How do you get your kids to eat meatloaf? I could go for some meatloaf. You, Your kids don't eat meatloaf? My kids don't eat anything. It's, I don't like meatloaf. With, I am the what? world's worst like mother. Meatloaf. Onyx lives off of cereal and I, peanut butter and jelly. Have you had bad meatloaf? Yes. Like how is, how do it's, you make it's a, kind of, it's kind of like pizza right there's just better and better and not not as good but yeah. it's always good I would imagine I love you meatballs. could have some real dry meatloaf and I found yeah. out at the age of like thirty that meatballs and meatloaf are the same thing I was just gonna say it's the same damn thing I as didn't a know that because in as when I grew up I I love meatballs so it's a texture thing abs- if it's if it's shaped like a loaf it's no good hundred percent a, a texture thing if, you if like you call balls. meat a loaf I start gagging. It's like a it's like a disgusting sponge. Zach also this, is, this is the strangest thing that I if I there's one thing about him that I just can't I'll never get over. It's the is huge this, huge penis. No, no, no. no. Oh. It's that I it was he, more of a balls thing with the meatballs. Potatoes, <laughs> potatoes. He has some thing with potatoes. He will eat them, but he does not enjoy them in any form. Whoa, 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 whoa. Oh, now you're gonna to say that I don't you. enjoy them. Greg like, will I back mean, me up. I mean, a great garlic mashed potato. Okay. What farm kid didn't grow up on potatoes every night? That's just what you eat. Here's you what I say farm. about potatoes is that they're just, uh, all I've ever said is that they're simply overrated. No way. Grossly overrated. <laughs> potatoes are one of America's staples, and they are lovely. Yeah, well, why don't you go grab a potato and take a big bite out of it and see how awesome it is? No, no. Randy, why don't you and I step out and we can come back in 30 minutes once they've (laughs) figured out the meatloaf debate here and potatoes? We'll go buy some potatoes. They might clear the table and, you know, it'd be like like an airport thing. Stop, 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 stop. Okay. What are we talking about today, Zach? Meatloaf and potatoes. No. That no. is the topic of today's episode. And and for the meatloaf and potato talk, we've brought in Greg Sabolik, who is a dairy farmer from up the road. Brings us butter for our potatoes. You can't have them without it, right? Yeah. You, you have that's a to sin have to have, have like potatoes the, without butter. That's you, make, the, you just throw in a whole stick. Yeah. Like you, you don't you, you gotta have about a fifty fifty butter potato ratio. Yes. Yeah. So yep. and a dash what's of the milk. delicious part? Well, the the butter. maybe cut out the middleman and just eat the butter, right? I, I'm good That's with that. That's my point so, of potatoes. No, no, no. no. They're just a carrier Zach, for delicious foods. Zach, how does it work out when you just eat butter? Because I have a memory of Zach, fond memory actually, of going to a buffet somewhere. And, uh, <laughs> now this? Yes, this Hasn't happened. this been brought up on the podcast before? No, it, this hasn't. I, I don't, don't think, think so. No? So we're at a buffet. I believe it was at Minnewaska House. <laughs> this and is you a know, good one. You know where they have sometimes that like honey whipped butter? <laughs> and Zach... Grabbed up a whole spoonful and just slopped it on his plate. He I, thought that, it, hold on, he now thought, they're wondering. Yeah, I thought it was pudding. He thought it was pudding. <laughs> <laughs> so, of course, I took a spoon. I sat down, I grabbed a spoon. Like, man, I haven't had pudding in forever. This looks awesome. Like, just a mouthful of butter. <laughs> oh, no. Uh, it was delicious, but it caught me off lied. guard. You know? <laughs> you know? uh, our Black Lab like butter. Just... Our cats bust in the house and eat the butter. That's the first thing they go for. A whole pound of butter, (laughs) you'll just mow down. There they go. They're leaving. Let's get the butter. Hurry, (laughs) hurry, hurry. (laughs) We have the little glass thing that goes over our butter on our table. Yep. And and Rhiannon calls it the cat cover. (laughs) (laughs) It's to keep the cats off of it. It's not just part of the butter dish. It's the cat cover. Well, butter does make everything better. That and bacon. 
Yeah. That and bacon. Yeah. You know. yeah. See, bacon you put that on what? You could put it in a potato, a potato, right? Yeah, you're right. You're That's right. right. So ultimately, the potato is like white rice. It's really oh. not delicious unless you load it full of other things. Kind of has a point. Yeah, but I know. There, yeah. Are, I know I do. there are plenty of things like that in life. Like what? There is. Everything is better when you add ingredients to it. Think about every hot dish you've had in your life. Noodles aren't good. Do we need to let our listeners know what a hot dish meat is? Meat and potatoes. Yeah, hot dish or casserole. Sometimes noodles and just just butter is okay though. Oh, one Seems of my like favorite butter's things. Butter's the trick. Like you just throw butter at it. Well, Greg knows already, a little bit about butter. I can already see class three prices hey, hey, going up two dollars tomorrow. What? <laughs> well, Greg's farm. What is the your farm has yeah, a name? Yeah. So our, our 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 name of our dairy is bread and butter dairy but there's a twist on the words bread is not a piece of bread it's like a bread heifer b-r-e-d so uh we don't have a website but we do have an instagram uh, account you have uh, an instagram account for bread and butter we do yeah b-r-e-d you're if you follow me i think Uh, oh i don't know I better. I'm on it right now. This will yep. make some really riveting B-R-E-D. podcast material. I don't have me searching for Greg's. I don't dairy. have. I just started it here with the expansion this summer. So bread and butter to, dairy. Trying to document. Tell us about your follow farm, back. Greg. So I am a second generation farmer on our site. My grandfather farmed was a dairy farmer as well. Um, my father moved away and three miles down the road bought bought the farm we're on right now. We are going through a, a small exp- well moderate expansion in the scheme of dairy we're gonna be up to about 500 cows when it's all said and done (laughs) (laughs) i'm sorry i got sidetracked here i I pulled out the phone to instagram and randy randy come (laughs) that was well played for for the people on the podcast they're they're gonna wonder what happened well let's just say you gotta you gotta follow all three of our instagrams we we put a stick of butter in front of zach we completely disrupted greg's family history i held that pose (laughs) for shenanigans i watched you pan in your phone and i just held that pose for 10 seconds anyways we destroyed it we have i farm with my brother whose name is gary and we have uh, the dairy we have a cropping entity called symbolic brothers and then he's involved uh he's an owner of a partial owner of a agronomy center in barrett minnesota so we we have a lot of different angles we cover so and we know greg because our kids go to school together yep and we were neighbors before we moved here basically Yep. before zach and i moved to the farm and i actually buy all of my pipe from your brother yeah, that's right. Yep. So yep. they're a distributor for ADS, yep. and uh, that's who I go through. No, so that's that's us. I'm married. I have two two boys, Zach and Becky's son's age, Onyx's age, yep. ten year olds. So they're good friends, and that's so, me in a nutshell. So I don't know if you knew this, but I actually threw hay for your dad. Oh yeah, for I, I'm, a couple of years. I think most of the county did. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> back then. I'm guessing you guys are at school. Probably, because when did you graduate, Randy? Uh, oh, two. Yeah. Yeah. I was in early nineties. So we were, this was, I don't know if I even had my driver's license yet. I think okay. I was probably 14. So it would have been like 90. Yeah. It'd been like 90. That's when I, yep, 90, that's when I was gone. Somewhere in there. Trying okay. to find uh, get a higher education and figure yep. life out. So you still have that 4010. We do jumpy, with the jumpy clutch. Oh yeah. Super jumpy. To, yeah. It, trying to, trying to back a halode. That's an add on option. Yeah. You yep. had the hay mow. That actually went uphill into the hay mow. It's built into the barn. It's a yeah. basement barn. Yep. What's a yep. hay mow? Are you saying hay mound? Hay mow, hay mow. No, it's mow, actually. It's, yeah, it is mow. So the top, the the curved part of the old dairy barns, that's yeah. where you stored all the hay. That's actually a loft yep. or an upstairs. 
And they called that a hay mow. That's where you that's where you stacked all your hay. You put your dry hay in there too. I've just always uh, heard a, of it as a hay loft. It's a hay mow. Yeah. Mow is Mow is the yep. yeah. I've never heard that. I mean, before. most of them That's were the sophisticated word. Most of them were an actual. It's like when I went to Montana <laughs> and learned that they don't have wells. Yeah, but so a loft. Mind blown. Like it's they're not really a loft. I mean, it's like a whole nother level. I mean, right. a loft is is something that like comes to an end and then it's just kind of open. Right. You can fall out of a loft. Y- yeah. Yeah. Well, again, you could fall these, out of the hay the mow. The top of it, it's it's just a solid. It's a solid floor. It's an upstairs. Fascinating. I'm trying to back that hay rack in. It's with always that, oh, yeah. that forty ten. Then and, it'd, it'd get jumping and. And you literally had about eight inches on a side, on each and side. you didn't have a nice. You had to turn in and back, you know. And yep. just anybody that's backed a four wheel trailer has respect for this because <laughs> it's a dying art if it's not dead. Yeah. But it's uh, it, yep. there's a there's a skill to it. So I, I want to say I was like 14. Yep. When I was doing that, but yep. no, I was I always had fun. Yeah, and the jumpy clutch didn't help. Yep. So I also grew up on a dairy farm, which probably not people know. I don't probably think not. Ever really probably not. But I also no. grew up on a dairy farm, so at that time we were still dairying. And I apparently I didn't get enough hay thrown at home. Well, it's always when you're at that age, you always want to get out. Oh, like, you yeah. want to get, get away, away from, from your old man. Yeah. 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 So you'd like, hey, the neighbor has hay. I'll go throw some hay for them. You know. But, yep. yeah. Even I threw hay. Randy, when did your for family get out of dairy? Oh, two. So Greg, Greg was getting wound up earlier. We actually had to we had to make sure we shut him down because he was getting too wound up talking about all kinds of stuff. Yeah. 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 No, I just, I was expressing, uh, you know, uh, dairy is, anyone that follows dairy or has ties to it or heart heart is in it has been through a real rough about four to five years. The dairy economy has been depressed. A lot of dairies have been uh, closing shop due to new, you know, substantial reasons, whether it's age, facilities, uh, economics probably has driven a lot of it. And um, we've seen kind of a consolidation in the industry now is, is less and less in economies of scale. Uh, there's definite advantages to that. You know, we see larger dairies coming in and, and I just was expressing to Zach and Randy and Becky that, you know, we've become so divisive. It seems that there's, there's a spot in this industry for everyone. There's a spot for large dairies. There's a spot for medium sized dairies and, and small dairies. And, uh, and I, I hope we can continue that. You know, uh, re- milk prices have rebounded here. We're, we're kind of seeing, we're kind of, we, we have a long road ahead of us, but we're, we're licking our wounds and healing a little bit now. But I just uh, express some some viewpoints that we don't need to throw one under the bus at the sake of the other one. You know, there there is, we're all producing a high quality product and there's no right or wrong way to do it. Between you know, organic, and, yeah, yeah, conventional, large, family-run, um, commercial. You know, at the end of the day, we, I think, in my heart, and I think most American farmers feel this way. We want to feed the world. We want to feed people. Well, we have to. Yeah, somebody has to. Yep. Right. You know, so we want to. Somebody's got to make the butter that goes in the potato to make <laughs> yes. it worth eating. Yeah. So I, that was what Zach was referring to. We were kind of talking on that, and it, it seems like. Uh, Nobody pr- promotes one with kind of throwing shade on another, and I, I just think we need to step back and support. We're all in this together, well, and it, it's well beyond animal agriculture. It's it's we're we're a team. I mean, and it's only going to get a little more difficult in the future. So I would yep. like to have a better understanding of why why is dairy struggling so much right now, and why does it seem like all of my neighbors are getting out of dairy. Um, and when you're, and you know, you hear about what, what's the big one, river, 
uh, Riverview. Riverview, okay. It's a big one in our area. So when you're talking about not pitting one against the other, you know, me, from somebody who doesn't really know anything about dairy farming, for me, it's just easiest to assume that my neighbors are going out of business because of Riverview. But is that not necessarily true? Or is it is it is a combination of things because of just economics and the money's not there and just where we're at with farming? Or maybe you don't have the answer. Maybe nobody really knows. Well, I, I'm not going to say that I do have the answer, but I, I can add a little bit for you. I think um, the average age of the American Farmers Act, 63. What are we at? 62, it's 64. It's right up around. Yeah. yeah. You know, yep. it's, and, and that's... That's that's green. That's that's dairy. That's that's everywhere. That's the and, American farmer. Yep. Yeah. You know, and I at that age, if you've done conventional, modern, or you know, traditional style dairy, and your your body is is need, needs some spare parts. Yep. <laughs> you know, and it's and it's it's an honest, surgery. honest, uh, hard hard work living. So I think that's driven some of this exodus from the industry. I think margins in dairy, like every other part of agriculture right now, are just razor thin. Yeah. There's no room for there. There's no room for error. There's no room for any any mistake or or any you know kind of bad weather or misfortune type events. So I think cost of living continue. You know we all know what a, a half ton pickup's done in from 1985 till now. Milk prices stayed relatively flat. You know, and we've gotten production out of these animals, but uh, there's so many other things that have just continued to increase that 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 and margin and cost of living americans are drinking less milk right? that fluid milk consumption is the lowest it's been in many many years I, I wish i had a stat for you on that but fluid milk is kind of gotten to be um painted as and dairy in general but fluid milk is is there's so many other alternatives now of soy nut-based milks yep. you know as yeah. lactose intolerance is, juice yeah, yeah. N- lactose intolerance is more uh, prevalent than it's ever been so these alternatives have definitely come and taken a, a, a portion of the market. So a, so a small dairy has a certain amount of, you know, a, a cow to each cow costs you this much. Mm-hmm. The bigger you get, the less that is. Right. Your mark. So so when milk prices are down, okay, what do we do? Well, one thing we can do is expand, get more efficient. By you know, one way to get more efficient is to get bigger. Now our costs. You know, so, so family farms get bigger and become more evil. Well, <laughs> but so you basically but you're it's, saying it's you, driven you, that way. you add the cow head, yeah. you yeah. add head to because to, it brings costs down in the same facility because then the you divide it by right. Yep, yeah. Yep. Right. I mean your okay. overhead costs are sure. kind of stuck and the same and as trying to pick up a few acres exactly. but using the same machinery. You have the combine yeah. in the shed that's costing you the exact same amount whether you run it over. You know, X plus ten or X. Right. Yeah. Oh, that's exact, a really smart way to explain that. Never even thought about something like yeah. that. And like that's where the that's where the large dairies the are coming from. Is the same no matter what. That's what that's where they need to go. That's where they're going. You know, that's a way to to get the efficiency they need. And the and the other thing I'll add is, you know, you drive through the countryside and every quarter has a hip roof barn and silos and I mean it's just. Yep. Yep. I mean, how far can you drive without seeing a silo? You know, and there was 20 cows on a corner, and you'd go another half mile. And But the thing we didn't do well, and this is just strictly my opinion as an industry, as we, a generation and a half ago maybe, we pushed our our um, children away from the farm. Right. And so go get a college degree. degree, get away, there's a better life. Yep. Because it is. 
a very strenuous lifestyle. I mean, if you were family owned and you're doing it, you're doing it 365 days a year and you're doing it seven days a week. And as a society, that just doesn't work for most people anymore. And um, I grew up as it and I've dairied for 19 years myself. And I, uh, a good friend of mine, um, we always joke of, and we're about the same size dairies, but you go to these old dairy farmers funerals and they're, is it epilogue? What 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 do you what is when they read it at the funeral? Obituary. Well, no. Uh, but you, you know the the little the yes. little like this is their life, yeah. and they're like oh. in forty three years. A eulogy. 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 There Thank we go. you. Yeah. It started with an e. No eulogy. <laughs> um, in forty three <laughs> years, he had seven days off. I, you know who wants to be that guy? Is that something? Yeah. To be even proud if you, of. Yeah. even yeah. if you love it, yeah. it's just you, you just life is. You need to enjoy life a little bit in the way the world works. At, so. at the time, I think you are proud of it. Oh, but then yeah. you step back, and it and it kind of is like the times like, you man, missed out like, with your kids, yeah. or yeah. like that, well, that stuff. That guy's proud of it because what other option does he have? Mm-hmm. Right. right, he has to embrace that as a source of pride. Yeah. Right. Oh, exactly. So, so I mean. We pushed the generation away and say, go get, there's better better jobs out there, better life. And I think we've kind of changed as an industry now that, hey, it isn't all bad because. Um, we need trade workers. We, we need laborers. We, we, need we need farmers. Yeah. They ha- we yeah. have to have them. So I think, and, and as an industry, we've tried to modernize and grow yeah. to, to allow for either hired help or several siblings, several families to work together. So, hey, you can have your weekend off right. here and there. And type Slippery of thing, slope so. here, but in America, if we don't if we don't have those people, like we're kind of in the situation right now where we've pushed everybody to go to college and, you know, not want to be laborers. And uh, what do we have now? We have immigrants doing our work or doing mm-hmm. that work. Because we have a lot of people with liberal arts degrees that don't really know what to do with it. They don't. They don't want to, and and it's not their fault. I mean, it's no, but it it is the situation that we're in right now. We, well, we. I mean, I guess the the other way to say it would be the way that that was a Bush that said it's there are jobs that Americans don't want to do. Right. Exactly. That's a real thing. Yeah. 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 yeah that's a real. That's the truth. And there are people who are willing to do it. And oh, absolutely. Yeah. There are people who are willing to work really, really hard. For the dollar that the American doesn't want to roll over and do. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So did did you come home from school right back to the farm? No. Yeah. So I went away and well, got an engineering degree. And Randy, worked. if that falls on my mics, it's gonna be. Or if it, it'll then, be hilarious. Yeah, it'll make a pretty good. They're not gonna splatter, right? <laughs> yeah. No, we, we made, beer we made sure to drink all of it. Okay. Good to the last <laughs> drop. All right. Someone let Greg talk. No. All right. Sorry. No. no. <laughs> I, we we cannot miss a beer opening. That is monumental. Yes. So. I'll get a photo. Um, promote it <laughs> and worked out at uh, Bobcat Winter where they make skid skid loaders for a couple of years oh, okay. and and best thing I ever did learned a lot about life learned a lot about myself and learned uh, learned that truly farming if I could get into it was exactly what I wanted to do right. so yeah yep. it was it was a great I wouldn't change it for the world because your your dad did. Almost get out of here. He did. Right? Actually, he sold your dad yeah, so, some cows so when you had, expanded. Yeah, yep, yeah, yeah. And yep. he kept his efforts, and he just was a little young. And I, I mean, he wasn't terribly young. I think he was fifty-six or seven at the time. Um, but just, how, how long was he without dairy cows? He never didn't milk a cow. Oh, that's right. Because he kept like three or four fee- for yep, calves, right. and then by fall, by winter, so your barns in the old barns, you didn't heat them. Your cows kept them warm. So by like September, October, this time of year, he went out and bought like 20. 
and keep the barn keep warm. To keep yeah. the barn warm, and we'd have some heifers, and in, in a year and a half, he was up to full speed again. Because we'd always kind of joke that he, you know, he tried to get out of yeah. the dairy and just, just couldn't like, do it. Ah, yeah, let's bring him back in. Well, you know, you'd have to pay so the heating in the barn your, then. How, so when he when he kind of refilled or re yep. Where were you at in that? Was I was that... in college then at that time. Okay, yeah. so so there was still no, like, he didn't know you were coming home to farm. No, and I don't know that it it was ever, like, uh, this huge drawn-out plan, like, hey, you know, let's let's do this. Yeah, so um, like, as I, I got have... out of college and, and got to that job and kind of learned a little bit and how, how much I loved the farm and, and agriculture, and he was getting more towards the retirements, you know, the okay. appropriate age. Not a lot of dairy farmers quit in their mid-50s, but or late 50s just because usually their bodies are kind of worn out but yep. it, it was a better transition for timing at that point then. right okay yep. so yeah and then uh we've uh long story i've grown the dairy and my brother's been incorporated my father passed away in 05 and we uh we we took took over the cropping entity and formed our, our brother's cropping side of it and then in 14 we expanded the dairy again and then gary got uh, my brother got into uh, equal ownership of that as well. Okay. And now we're going through another another barn addition this year, this so, summer. So in 05. You did an addition a couple years ago in too, 14. right? So, yep. okay, so this will be the second addition Correct. for you. Yep. Okay. Yep. 14 was the first edition? Well, so I did in 03. Okay. I bought them in 2000. So 03, we had a, you had a barn raising party. I, it was a an event, barn raising we event. Had a, we, yes. you, do you, you, do had, you remember it? I was there. Okay. But you had a barn yes. raising event. Yep. No, it was that was yes. a uh, it was kind of kind of a good time. It was a very good time. <laughs> kind sounds of a good time. Like, sounds like we should do it again. Oh, you know if it, I it, Randy. Oh, yes. yep. Oh yeah, I was I was waiting for the yep. the Rockies, the Rockies, the Rockies. <laughs> <laughs> Don't even need the echo effect with him. Yeah. yeah, no, so we kind of had the good old-fashioned uh, barn dance of we roasted a pig, we had a DJ, we had yep. uh, there's a lot of people there. Yeah, what, I, had, I had lots pig of fun. Okay. The pig, the, yeah, it roasted fine. The pig fine. was beautiful. It was oh. extremely tasty. Good. Yeah. yeah, I like to I like to be quiet for three minutes at a time, and then I just say something stupid every once in a while. <laughs> yeah, so, don't worry, Zach. I'll run the show. All so right, in o- Becky, in you got it from here. Were you were you at home farming then already? Two thousand. I bought the cows. Okay. Yep. Yep. Okay. And then in 05, in 03 was that barn? Was that, that barn? So okay. I milked in a in a forty cow tie stall barn, and then in 03, I built a. 75 cow freestall up on the hill there and milked groups through the tie stall barns. So you milked like two two groups morning and you know so you'd milk a group kick them out bring another group So you're milking milk. like 120 cows? No no we didn't keep cows in the old barn it was like oh, 80, 80 cows. Okay yep. so 80 cows but okay but yep. two full groups of yep. 40. Okay. And then we uh, did that until 14 and we were at a point where the crop farm had grown, a lot of other things had changed, and we were saying, well, the dairy either needs to get bigger, get grow, or go away. And we decided to keep diversity as one of our kind of tools in our toolbox because they do complement each other nice. You can, you can like this year, we're going to have a lot of wet corn, <laughs> and we can run it, and we have a lot you of- have a place to go with it. We have a lot of acres we chop for silage, um, you know, which is-, is So you will work. chop more silage this year, so you don't have to dry your corn down. Yeah, yeah. We chopped- a fair amount and then we're going to put up uh you can harvest wet corn without drying it and feed it to the cows so you get a you don't have to pay that drying fee sure, for it. so sure. yeah okay. we're going to do that and then even though dairy cropping's been depressed the last five years as yeah. well 
uh, the economics of it, but usually they complement each other. Usually, if one's in the tank, the other one's okay. Yep. You know, you're spreading your risk. You're not hitting the home run, but um, so that's kind of why we decided to do that. And I really, truly feel there's going to be. I mean, dairy's at a unique point where we've had this exodus of of dairies and cows, and you know, hogs went through it, chickens went through it of these large economies of scale. But I think the consumer is going to play a bigger role now in where dairy goes because. If I am, oh. am I talking too much, Zach? No, Zach just no, left. no. This is good. Right. I like where you're going with <laughs> okay. this because. Oh, who did that? I like where you're going with this because so when we were talking about uh, Americans are drinking less milk than they ever have before. However, sugar has become bad recently, mm-hmm. and fat is making a comeback. Yeah. And what is fat? Dairy, right? Like dairy is high fat. So I'm wondering, is dairy gonna make a comeback? With this whole like keto diet, and you know, our bodies were built to run so they on should, fat. They should bring back the uh, got milk. Like if you if you follow diet, you know, which has driven this whole non-GMO thing and organic, and you know, diet is it's become it's an important thing now. Like Americans are really into what they should be eating and why. And fat right now is like. It's the thing. It's cool. It's good to eat fat now, and sugar is bad. So I'm wondering. Will dairy like? I think dairy has a really good potential to make a good comeback. And I'm I, I'm glad you think that. I I truly believe that. I have to. Right. Otherwise, I'm in the <laughs> yeah. wrong industry. But yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think it is because this is maybe dates me a little bit, a little bit older than everybody else. But in the '90s, yeah, dairy fat, saturated fats. You know, eggs. If you're going to eat an egg, you're going to die of cholesterol right. and tomorrow. Yep. You know. I remember, yep. And uh, and dairy, the high fat diets were just the devil and heart problems. When they, they kind came of backed out with margarine, off on, yeah, yeah, can't kind of yeah. backed off on that they now. Nut, milky nuts, and, <laughs> yeah, and that you no, talk about, you talk about tough on the body, oh. nut milky. milkers. <laughs> that's difficult. It's, you can't keep, again. My you three minutes were up. I had to come up with something stupid. <laughs> but um, no, you know, and then the, with the keto diets, the sugars and the carbs are the the kind of the the devil now, and, right? And uh, you know, and the, the I don't I don't want to if, if medical is endorsing it, but or you know the medical association or the health associations that you know drink whole milk again. Yeah, you know, whole milk actually, is you know, even at well past childhood. You yeah, know, for brain. Yeah, because it used to be you know, you know you only got to drink whole milk until you were two, and then yep. they put you on the watered down crap. Yeah, I and grew up with skim milk. And then my wife I, changed that. I can't it, like I'll gag on I skim did. milk now. I would. He. I. It's terrible. He drank skim milk, and I was like, I. I'm not buying that. Like, I can't. I. No, I'd be offended if you brought that home. It's going immediately in the so trash. What, what percent? You probably know what percent. Like skim milk, one percent, two percent. What does that mean? What? Okay. Yep. How much less is there actually of? Anything? So what that means is the the. Butter. So the components in milk. There's there's two main components or, or in milk that makes milk milk. It's butter fat and protein. And uh, you know, so we milk Holsteins and and what the 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 old rule or the way Chicago Mercantile sort of works or the is it's based off a three and a half percent butter fat content and a three percent protein content. So when you hear 1%, 2% skim, that's the butter fat they're talking about. So whole milk is, you know, I think it's three. I'm not sure. I don't 
know. I'm sure there's a standard for it because okay. like a Jersey breed will have higher butter fat than a Holstein breed. E- and different yep. farms, what we've done with these cows and genetics, it's been really amazing what we've increased production out of these components. So, right. But 1% means it has 1% butter fat. Skim, I think, is, it's not zero, but it's it's less than one. It's disgustingly low. Basically yeah. water. Yeah. Yeah. So that, that's what that means. And then that, those two byproducts or those two products are typically what all your uh, dairy byproducts are manufactured from. Your cheese, your yogurts, your ice creams, all that is from your butterfat and protein, so essentially. That, that's where a lot of these dairies will, will milk jerseys. You, yep. don't, you don't get as much milk, but you get more butterfat. Yep. Yep, so then that, they get paid more on that. Yep, and you so the, yeah, and it's it's you, you got to do what your philosophy is going to lead you towards. Do yep. you want you know? And that's a lot of these larger dairies are tending to go to crossbreds or jerseys as well because of animal unit numbers and you know you're shipping basically you want the butterfat and protein and it's more you know when you start talking dozens and dozens of trucks off these dairies you're getting more product getting delivered you know because of that you're hauling okay. less water essentially yeah so right. so what's the difference with that though because the old the old staple for dairy and I'm definitely naive to this so I got to ask but the mm-hmm. old staple for dairy was the Holstein yep why are some of these larger dairies going I mean I know you just explained it but it still doesn't make sense because you've got to haul your you got to haul your milk too so <clears throat> You know, and that I'm just going to give you my opinion, and I'm not an expert by any means, but I would say uh, animal units come into play because an one, an, you know, so when you start talking larger numbers, a jersey is considered one animal unit, or an animal unit is a thousand pounds. Okay. So you can run more cattle if you're limited to, like Minnesota has three tiers of livestock. What's the word I'm looking for? Livestock uh, basically permitting. You tier one, tier two, tier three. Okay. Tier one is 300 animal units and less. Yeah. Tier two is 300 to a thousand, and tier three is a thousand and over. And an animal unit is not just an animal. It's it's 1,000 pounds of animal. Sure. So, so a jersey is a, a jersey is a smaller cow. Yep. Thank you. Randy. Yep. Okay. So a jersey is a smaller cow. So it, it will, eats less. It will eat yes. less. It will poop less. It'll produce less milk. But the milk is richer in butter fats. So you get paid a little bit of a premium on that. Ah. Yeah. And then ultimately, the, the 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 unspoken area here is you can put more animals in the yep. same yep. area. Yep. So you know, so the, it it comes back to a government regulated thing. I think that's what's driven for, for some of the people who maybe still don't don't follow. That. Yeah. You know, I think as we've seen these these larger dairies have because kind the of, government is telling you how many cattle you can have in a in a confined area in a or in a yes there's mm-hmm. regulations on that yes a county township like they that's really who sets that county correct? and township well, the, the, the state does and minnesota is a unique state wisconsin's just trying to go or, or going through this where wisconsin has a law that you a county cannot have stricter regulations than the state Okay, sure. which I which oh, I love. Okay. However, so then does that get into a gray area of what is considered stricter? Do they actually use the word strict? Well, but you you cannot. Yeah. So like like in and boy, I should have fact checked a little better. But in Minnesota, they have their we don't worry about fact. They have their on this they podcast. have your feedlot regulations, and take for instance our county, Douglas County. Yep. Not Zach, not Zach and Becky's, but uh, has a lot of beautiful lakes, beautiful yep. lake homes, lake areas. Uh, large source of revenue. It's vacation. Tax revenue. Huge. Yep. Vacation. Yeah, huge. So I am in the very corner of Douglas, and Douglas has come out and made a stricter, more more tighter regulated. They want to protect their yeah. Water. So like the offsets for a new facility off of uh, protected water are, and I'm just making this up. If it's 
a thousand feet at the state level, Douglas County is a half a mile, you know, or, sure. you know, and a lot of them, if you are an existing facility, you are somewhat grandfathered, grandfathered but, um, you know, we need, we need new sites too. We can't just, yeah. Yeah. you know, so that, that is, uh, that is one of the problems or I shouldn't say problems. One of the challenges that it can bring county by county. All right. So you talk about regulations. I know like in what I do with corn and soybeans, we hear a lot about uh, like GMOs, pesticides, that kind of thing. It seems to me from the outside looking in, cause I'm not involved in dairy, but from the outside looking in, the crosshairs you guys are behind right now seems like it's on a whole different level. Um, and so what do you think the consumer is going to drive as we continue to go forward? And what maybe maybe they already have? No, that's that's a really good question. And something the industry is... is... Triple brood hops. Nice, nice. <laughs> the industry is definitely a, a challenge because, you know... Years ago, it seemed like we would produce a product. Now, you know, do we just, we'd, we'd, we'd make milk and uh, we'd make byproducts and, and you'd go to the store and you'd buy what was at the store. Now, the consumer with social media and marketing and just it, the consumer kind of demands what you need to do because a few changes in the industry, BST, which is bovine somatotropin or growth hormone <clears throat> used to be available. And uh, all essentially it did is made the cow milk more it didn't change any milk is milk it was is a pregnancy milk. hormone correct it's a, it's a growth hormone it's a growth actually hormone. yeah okay and all it did is make her produce more it didn't change any of the milk is milk yeah it's it's if uh there wasn't more I'm, hormone this might be a little milk. crude but zach if you have one beer you're going to produce how much pee one beer is worth a pee if you have 10 beers you're going to have 10 beers of pee that's all it t- Ten, 10 beers. 10 beers of pee, is that? He's, he's talking our language. Like, yeah. He understood yeah. that. But Randy has a thing where, like, he's pretty sure he could never drink 10 beers in one night. Yeah, I can. What that's, are we at? That's not a bad thing. No. <laughs> that's yep. that's a that's probably a long story. Okay. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a cheap date. <laughs> but you're not, Randy. You're not. Uh, you're just misinformed on how much you can anyways. drink. Anyways. He just can't count. <laughs> but yeah. that's track tracked before that point. <laughs> And, you know, I'm going to throw it back to just labeling in general. You know, we can buy uh, gluten-free tomatoes. Aren't they wonderful? Ooh. You know, and we Finally, can buy... Finally, my stomach won't get upset when <laughs> I have a tomato. Yes. From the... So, <laughs> you know, we, we tend, Ooh, yeah. the, the marketing has gotten to play on maybe the ignorance of, of the average consumer, and that might be Bingo. a little harsh, but... Yes. Uh, you know, but everyone knows take, tomatoes doesn't have people. gluten. They're, they're, the consumer is so misinformed and undereducated on their food source, which is... Which you can't blame them. No. Right? That's and not it's their honestly, job. Honestly, it's the farmer's fault, I think. It's the farmer's fault for not... Farmers, as farmers, we should have... We, like, missed the boat on, on selling our um, product, basically. Like, we totally missed the boat. You know, we've always just, like, we concentrated on efficiencies and how to produce more. Yeah, and with, they're just going to buy less it. or the are, same, right? People were just going to buy the food no matter what. Because, well, I think that was just a like the ship it, turned right? and we didn't see that coming. Mm-hmm. Right. I think that's what happened. And now there's just all these options, and and it all comes down to the shiny label. Who has the shiniest label, right? And the farmers like didn't know they didn't know that they had to be selling their stuff anymore you know because people aren't starving anymore no yeah. like no so Penn and Taylor 
Yep. Um, they had a they had a show. I don't think they still do it, but they had a show called Bullshit. And I don't even know if this was on TV, but it's all over YouTube, and it's one of my favorite things to watch. But they talked about organic food and the organic industry. And uh, Penn, Penn Gillette put it more beautifully than I thought it was, than I've ever heard it anywhere else, is that very, very, very few people ever to have lived on this planet have had the luxury of complaining about food. Right. Think about that. There's so many places in this world that would just be so happy to feed their kids another meal and we're going to complain because it doesn't have the right label on it. Right. We have so many we have so many choices now. Like this is my mom is real old school. She and she gets really angry at me, at me sometimes because I give my kids too many choices. Like why are you why are you asking them what they want for dinner or why are you asking them what they want to do? Like kids don't need choices, right? Like she, you know, she's just that old school. Like you get what's for dinner and that's it because that's all we have type deal. Like, and so we're so fortunate now as a society that we have all these choices and you know, you'd buy what's shiniest and you know, whatever the radio said, whatever, you know, was most trending or buzziest or. Yeah. Yeah. The, the bug juice. Like the gas station, the little oh, the kid yeah, juice, yeah. the little kid. The, what kind the of juice, juice do you want? Do you want this apple juice or this apple juice? I want the apple juice that's got SpongeBob on top of it. Right, right with the little pop top that costs twice as much. Right. Yeah. Which one do you pick? I pick. Yeah. Well, I generally go for the bigger one, the larger. That's what she said. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there we have it. I'm drinking my one of my three favorite beers, which are. Yours free and cold. <laughs> <laughs> that works. That's yep. <laughs> I've yet to find a better one, but so you, when you when you talk about America, I mean, we don't go hungry anymore. We're mm-hmm. not we're not wondering where that next meal is coming from. Well, it's like we talked about earlier. Yeah, right. you, you go. You can eat. go hungry, but there's going to be there's another interstate ramp in seven miles. Yeah, and the sign Just will show you eight hurt. places that. Yes, we exactly. don't know what hungry is. Like our grandparents knew what hungry right. was, right. or our great. I suppose it'd be great grandparents, but. Well, my grandpa talks when he got out of World War II, they dropped him off in Glenwood. That was as close as they got. So, so we lived uh, twenty miles from Glenwood. So he walked down Highway Fifty Five. And yep. uh, and uh, um, come across a a watermelon patch, and they he stole a watermelon. Oh. I mean, there's this this garden had a watermelon there, and he still talks like how so bad he'd felt for that. He's a veteran. He came home from World he's War II. He's a veteran who just came home from WW two. Dropped him off twenty miles from home, and, and he felt guilty for way. stealing he felt the watermelon. Guilty for grabbing a watermelon on the way home. He was he was hungry. I mean, I, I get it. I can see that. Yeah, him and I think it was two other guys. That lived near Kensington, so they all walking were walking together, walking together home, and that's. I want to know more about that story because it seems to me like he could have looked in the plot book and then gone and talked to the guy <laughs> like, right later, like. Right. Well, he yeah. probably didn't have a plot book, Zach, on him. He could have. Well, not on him. It. Yeah. Googled it. Yeah, the guy. He was what twenty four years old. I mean, he, he had plenty kinda, of time. He would have had his phone on him. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> but he's, Why he's, didn't he just call Uber? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I don't understand. <laughs> Your grandpa had issues, man. Yes, yeah. Who would walk twenty three miles nowadays? <laughs> no way. Like, I know. Like, like, wow. No, there's what people that do it, do? but then they high five each other at the end. Like, you're such a warrior. Oh, yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
No, it's like it, if it's, you dropped me off 23 miles from home, I would lay in the road ditch till someone offered me to give me a ride. Yeah, like I wouldn't like what? Start walking? Are you crazy? <laughs> Make it 500 <laughs> yards, they'd find you dead. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, it stinks so bad. Yeah. <laughs> no, but that going back to that, that brings up a really interesting point because the consumer is truly changing agriculture all facets of it on demanding what they want non-gmo zach i mean you've done some bits on that and how yep how big that is and answer what is there nine gmo crops in the world I seven yeah. nine eleven so, somewhere in there might yeah. be a couple more now but it's, I, what, no it's, more than 15 can you name them what are they i can't i i mean obviously corn and soy and cotton sugar sugar canola alfalfa canola geez yep alfalfa and i think there's yeah, but I mean, is there is there on available wheat. wheat now? I mean, wheat I is pretty. I don't know if it's available, it but they yet. they were working. But I mean, it's not a huge amount. I mean, it's not like everything is. So we we see that, and that's Your kind salt of salt is not genetically modified, yeah. and it's gluten free. And yeah. oh yeah. Yeah. yeah, you know why? Because it, it's a mineral and it doesn't have genetics. Yes. So but when they put that on the label, but it feels pretty good. To is buy it your, they're duping you. Can't you get seedless watermelon? But, but well, that's not genetically modified. I've looked this up. Okay, so there's hybrids. It is a hybrid, and yes. there's uh, genetically but, modified. But what? But but that's what people don't understand is that if you really want to talk editing genes, then any hybrid over the history of time and what we've done with crossing the hybrids is gene editing. But it was naturally. So this is the difference. It was naturally done versus in a test tube. So oh, okay. So so natural. So it was done much less so efficiently. So when you're talking about a hybrid. Same thing, but it was with the test tube. When you're yeah, talking yeah. about a hybrid, the wind can do it, or you can do it by hand, by physically grabbing the pollen off of... Well, you make male and female, female plants. Right, right. You can do it by hand. Yep. <laughs> or, and then versus a genetically modified organism is done in a lab in a in a test tube but it's sure. it's the same exact process yes it's just one is much more efficient than and how, another and I mean, is done by an evil guy in a lab coat <laughs> yeah but it's fascinating how consumers don't know that or understand it and why it's because genetically modified sounds terrifying right i know my my pulp free orange juice that i drank the other day said non-gmo on it well, my so. medium pulp orange juice that I love so much <laughs> says that every time. And every time I want to take a picture of it and say something about how ironic it is that they would try to brag about that because not allowing gene editing into the citrus industry is going to kill it. Is in the process of killing yeah, it. Yeah, oranges and are I don't dying. want to talk I don't want to talk like I understand that fully, but I have heard uh, Dr. Kevin Folta out of Florida talk about that exact thing. And he's a plant geneticist from the University of Florida, whom I did meet one time. He has no clue who I am, I'm sure. But it was fascinating to listen to him talk about the citrus industry and how if they were able to just genetically modify the plants, it could completely save the Florida citrus industry. However, they won't do it because the consumers won't accept it. So the consumers won't accept it, meaning the entire Florida citrus industry is in turmoil because the consumers won't accept this. But at the end of the day, it's the consumer who's driving. Has to be, right? Yeah. We have to have an end user. But when yeah. they don't have orange juice, they might regret that decision because I can, I mean, uh, who has orange juice in their fridge? I mean, I've got to assume it's 95% of the population. It's yeah. such a bizarre crossroads. Huh. And that leads you to the other 
the, the bigger facet is we talked about no shortage of food or not even having being hungry or or you know knowing what it's like to not have a meal <clears throat> what percent of the world is in poverty a third or malnourished yeah. third, 40 percent i mean a large two billion yeah, two billion, billion with an alien think about. Yep. people and we're driving as america and we we talked about this earlier we want to feed the world but yet we need to be profitable we need i mean we need to make a living we well, otherwise we we're gonna all go away so if we're tailoring our product for just americans or americans desires we kind of are kicking that can to the curb of what are we doing about these other two billion people and why do they not have the same right as we do to get fed right yeah so that's that's a moral dilemma there which i don't think people think about too hard or maybe even realize it but i think farmers have a responsibility to start educating their consumer and i think that they have really missed the ball on it and need to get on it stat i think I mean, farmers it's, have it's to not start that I, selling their product. They, I don't entirely disagree with what you're saying, but I also think that I think there's a lot of farmers doing that. It's, there's a lot are. of people taking it's, advantage of that and, and doing that and, and I mean, working the niche niche markets and working social media or however you want to work it. But that's it's a relatively new thing. I mean, it, we have farmers have not been doing that for long, and it but it's catching on like wildfire. I mean, if yeah. you talk about when you but started, but consumers your, haven't been haven't been coming at us upset with more efficient food for very long either. Mm-hmm. No. How, how, you don't have to go back very far before nobody was complaining well, about GMOs. We're also in the millennial age right. now where everything moves at lightning speed and it never used to, you know? Yeah, so well, back in my day. Time, time <laughs> you know, how fast stuff moves now is so everything. We've got the, the interweb. Holy crap. What the interweb changed everything. That's I really think what, that the internet is going to take off. <laughs> I, I really, I really it's here do. to stay. I think people now see the advantage to using the internet. Yeah. Now. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Now. Now. There's a lot of skeptics yet, though. <laughs> All farmers need to be telling their story. And like you said, Greg, that no one is better than another. And I think they all have their place. But I think that they really need to be sharing their story. People want to know. Well, and we... And that was the moral of the story with we, Mrs. Millennial <laughs> Farmer. Ex- excellent, excellent point. But, you know, the heart... I agree with you. And, and to Zach's point, yeah, a lot of people have embraced that or are starting to. But there is... I, we need to cheerlead even, or maybe even just fact spread even harder because there's three times misinformation out there that that is spread. So You much. know, and... and we love the internet. We, it's yeah. great, but it's a curse because how many times have you heard somebody? Oh, I read it on the internet because it's how gospel, right? right? You know, does a shitstorm take off? Yeah, and yeah. it, you know, yeah, and so there's and, no, there's no. It's the biggest, you know, gossip room ever. So I mean, there and there are bad farmers. That's the oh, other exactly. crappy yeah. part is exactly. that you know Absolutely. there's one bad farmer, and that's the story that lately goes viral and you know demonizes the. Farmer. Well, you always have the radicals. You always have the radicals. You have the bad farmer. I mean, in any industry, in anything, you have the, you know, the anything in life. Right. Right. Yeah. In general. But that's who that's who people hear. That's who people see, and that's who people talk about. So I heard that dairy farmers are like abusing their cattle. Are you doing that, Greg? Are you like violently abusing your calves? Because I don't. I don't really take fondly to that. Every chance I get. 
Yeah. I actually well, would like to cut this podcast short because I, they've been without abuse for a few hours now. Uh, um, is that acceptable? Can we can we can we get? How do you remain profitable if you're not at home abusing oh, your cats? Exactly, exactly. I mean, you know, and the, the multitude of ways you can do it. Do but. you enjoy hurting your calves? Like, no. what, what's the deal? What what? You know, that, I saw a video on YouTube. That's what's so like. Well, you just referenced there are. There's bad people in the world, you know, and, and it doesn't matter what you do and what profession you're in. There's always going to be um, people that are just dishonest, evil, bad. But, you know, 99.999% of us that are in animal agriculture, that is our livelihood. I mean, we will be out there in the middle of the night watching, pulling, not uh, assisting a birth, right. you know, because we care. We, we need that calf alive. We need that cow healthy. We're not. And I, I don't, you know, know why people are so bent on trying to make villainize animal agriculture or dairy farming or, or just farmers in general. And it's, it's just it's that extreme. It is the extreme and side we so just grow, hit on. So growing up on the dairy farm, mom would wake up when the kids would sneak through the door to the bedroom, like something's wrong. They have a tummy, whatever. Yep. Mom would wake up, and Dad would wake up if he heard a cow moo wrong. Yep. Like so, he'd be out in the pasture because something's you, calving or a, a steer's stuck on its side and is bloated. Yep. You know, Dad would wake up, and then Mom would be wake up in the morning like, "Well, where's Dad?" And he's like, "Well, you didn't hear that cow in the pasture last night." You know, and the same yeah. thing, Dad would wake up and Mom's gone. Like, you didn't hear the kid in here crying last night. It, and that <laughs> sounds like a funny story, right? To people not involved in agriculture, right, but that's how that it legitimately was. sounds like a funny story. That's a real thing. That's how much they cared about their that, animals. That is the livelihood of the people that, that do yeah. you know, what we do. I don't have animal agriculture right now, but that's a real, that's a real story. That's a real it, thing. It is. And, you know... The, people don't realize that that still goes on. Right. Yeah. And it's not always because of the money either, right? Like, you people, like you're just compassionate for other living beings. Because you not, love what you do. It's not yes. just because yeah. it makes you money. It's because you have a soul and... It's a it's a living. What's breathing. the right thing to do? Yeah. At the end of the day, right? Yeah. You know, yeah. ask yourself what's the right thing to do, and and it is. It, you get so vested emotionally, physically, financially. I mean, there, it's not, and it is a business. At the end of the day, you can't forget that. But I mean, it's just common sense. The better you take care of, it, the better you take care of your lawn, the nicer it's going to look. The, love, the more compliments you're going to my lawn, you know. But it's it's just that way in life, and the there's never. A point where anyone would say, you know, I'm going to go out. I'm just going to wake up and beat cattle today. Right. You know, that's that's <laughs> number one. I'm going to beat cattle. You know, no, you're going to go out and do everything you can to make their life better, easier, uh, better quality food, better health, you know, better facilities. That's what your end game is because the better you treat them, the more comfortable they are and hopefully the more profitable you're going to be. But at the same point, there's there's that there's that farmer out there who's who's pissed off at the world that does go out there and beat his cow just like there's that father or that mother that goes that out there and beats, beats their his wife yeah. <laughs> yeah right yeah that's who you hear about on the, that's yeah. that's who you see on the news and that's who you hear about the negative is what negativity carries faster than positivity and it it's does. just the way that it it's is. really unfortunate we feed on it we naturally that's what you want to read about and why i i, I don't know i'm I, it's weird but it, it is. is what it is. It is. I don't know the science behind that, but that you're right. Well, it's the same as, I mean, people like to, I mean, to hate on, you know, if you're doing good in, in life, people like to hate on you. I mean, yep. I mean, people just, 
jealousy like is a wanna... natural. It, yeah. I mean, that's an instinct. Jealousy really is. I mean, that comes down to uh, cavemen, you know, and one caveman having a better meal than the other caveman, and that caveman says, "I'm taking that because I want it." You Did know? you see, like, uh, what they do? They drew. The, the hieroglyphics? Yes. Did, did you see something on that? No. Like a caveman standing there with like a hammer over a guy like eating his steak. Like he's all drawn <laughs> on the cave wall. <laughs> I haven't had a hieroglyphic discussion since seventh grade. <laughs> can you spell it? Uh, uh, oh, here we oh go. Oh, boy. I'm going to, can I write it out first? We don't have Is it an H-Y? I don't know. Or an H-I-E-R-O? I would go with the number two. Yeah. <laughs> now it, now my it's, mind it's just a, completely it's a high roll. <laughs> Okay, okay. I'm going to go here. This is my last this is my last cliff note I have written, so I hope you guys have some in case I, it I got yeah. one more thing I want to add. Okay, good. Uh when it comes to other types of milk, almond milk, soy milk, does that offend you really really badly? You know, I'm going to try to think before I speak, which I never do. <laughs> but, you know, I don't know offend. As I, you I, shouldn't. <laughs> like I, like we said earlier, there's a place. If you are uh, passionate in your beliefs and you want to drink uh, soy milk or, or nut milk or pea milk, I, you know, I'm fine with that. There's a, I think there's the pea milk. There is any. What is in the hell is There's cashew milk. milk. <laughs> I mean, there's you can. Yeah. I've had fun time with nut milk. I mean, but pea milk. <laughs> no, oh, yeah. but um, it doesn't. I just, but it goes. Becky doesn't know where to go. With Should this. we just cut the mics and call it a day? <laughs> it goes back to the the labeling and the marketing. It you know, it's if you're make your product, put it on the shelf, but don't throw mine under the bus that yours is yeah. better than sure. mine because or or at least if it I, and i might say it might be but don't fact check and do your homework and don't spread fallacies you know because if how, you want if you truly so i'm gonna this is probably a whole nother podcast but the impossible meat you know yes. whoppers, oh, yeah, yeah. all that's come yeah. up you know and almost every a lot of the fast food a lot of the chains have some vegan option for impossible meat plant-based meat yep, yep. and you know i read a really interesting article because people, oh, I'll try it, you know, and, and it's, you know, and usually it's a one and done type of thing, but some people are passionate about it. But this article had said, are you doing it for health reasons or animal welfare? And Or is the, it just because it's trendy? The, well, amen. And a lot of people truly said health reasons, and they're by no means a healthier product because to get the taste and the, pro, you know, there's a lot of salt. There's a lot of things added that to get a taste, make it taste that really good. surprises to get it tasty. So I mean, it's not a healthier option, is what the article said. So what was what were the majority? Now I'm just curious about this this article and this mm -hmm. study. But what what was the majority? The majority said for health reasons. Well, that's kind of what. But they truly the the point of the article was it don't do it for health reasons because it's not a healthier alternative than yeah. than yeah. red meat. Do it if you're doing it, doing it for you're concerned about animal welfare or you don't you don't agree with animal animals being slaughtered for our purposes you know right right and then but they said most people you know are not in that camp and this is just one article and i read it on the internet so i know it's true <laughs> climate, yeah. change, so it's definitely been climate change is driving a lot of things right now as it, as it should be even. because climate change is real okay i'm a science factual based person and i'm sure i'll get a little flack from this somewhere out there on the interweb but sorry guys I believe in science, okay? So How climate, dare you. Climate change, right? So that's, dri that's driving a lot of things right now. And apparently cattle 
excrete methane. Cow farts. Excrete. Yes, but I heard it was burps. Is this it's, true? It's, it's, it's debatable. I think it's all one of the... Okay. Yeah. So that's maybe... I think that might be driving the meat thing a little bit. And yeah, I totally, don't know... Totally. I don't know... I, I, I wish have I had a all the really hard that. time believing... I mean, I wish Bill and I were sitting here with this right now because I want to know. We I We should really get Bill Nye know. and AOC on this podcast. Are cattle really... Destroying the ozone, or is it is it man? Is it our automobiles and well, our factories it, and my my the my first initial thing off of that when you say is it is it cattle destroying the ozone or is it man? Well, who drives the 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 demand for cattle? Well, right, because but hey, newsflash that brings up there's more humans now than you know because we like to what do you what's it called. Make sweet love. Yeah. So we can't control ourselves. So now we have all these darn humans that like to eat the meat. That's what she said. Thank you. you. I was in the middle of drinking a beer there. I'm glad she filled in for me there. So I I don't know. I don't know. Well, that's an interesting point because there's a, I don't know about beef numbers, but I know in the last 60 years, there's a third of the dairy cows in the United States as there used to be. One third? One third, roughly. In, in 60 years? Yeah, since 1950, the 50s till now, there, there was about 20 some odd, 23, 4, 5 million back then, and now there's about nine, nine and a half at producing, fluctuates. Producing, producing milk, dairy producing What cows. percent, so? So, I mean, to, to that point, there's a lot less methane being. Just run dairy cattle alone. Yeah, you know. And so. we what? can't be eating more meat now than we were 10 years ago or 20 years ago. The average person. Yeah, no, we're, there's no way. So that many less cows, but what percentage of the milk were we at oh, there? We're, 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 yeah, um, I don't have that number, but I mean, what we've done with production and, and increases in efficiency and how to feed them, how to house them, how to take care of them. Over beating them, well, you know, you just yeah. beat them harder. You beat and you them get a lot milk. more milk. You, you, you yeah. schedule the beating, so the it's, it's a routine. <laughs> you know, then they tell you, then it's hey, it's like they Tuesday learn. at eleven. Where's my beating? You <laughs> they learn if like if they don't produce four pounds, they get beat. So well. they got to produce five. <laughs> I know just enough about dairy to know that that was extra funny for the for the guys who get that. <laughs> this is part of the misinformation. Also, is that you know consumers are they. We, they know that I'm not there yet. Hold on, I lost my train of thought. What did Greg do? What was he? Pointing she was gonna at? crack a beer without it on mic. Oh she already did. God, that's the. I... <laughs> she did again. That takes priority above all good points. Yes. Okay. Talking points second so, behind cracking a beer. So on the, the farmers mic. are getting more efficient, and farmers are are telling the consumers this. Like, well, I don't even know if they really are. You know, or not to. They're not shouting it from a megaphone quite yet. And maybe the consumers are hearing this. You know, farmers are getting more efficient, but I don't think there's a lot of explanation out there as to what that what that provides like why so when you talk about uh if you can if we can connect the dots between a gmo and efficiency and health okay so when i have a gmo when i plant a gmo that means that i have to spray less pesticides less herbicides i don't think consumers understand that they don't understand that a gmo means less chemical it means more efficient. That's why we. Gen- that's it, why we modified they those want, genes. They want less chemical, but they don't know. They're not able to connect the dots as to why they're not. They're not connecting those dots somehow. And and same with you know cattle. When you're talking about 
where there's way less cattle now than there ever than there was 20 years ago and it's because dairymen have gotten more efficient at producing more milk with less cattle right which creates then less methane so how do we get well, that out to how do we educate the public on that cuz you also when you when you bred a cow before it was a 50-50 chance you had a you had a heifer or a bull calf so now you had the bull calf what did you do with the bull calf it got raised for meat raised you know, for meat yeah. <clears throat> yeah so then and and now you actually uh, how does that work <clears throat> yeah so now the industry's changed oh that Yep. What do you call that? That was one of the best ones you've ever that done. Was. That was. She, she literally, for, for those who can't see what just happened, she just she just got beer all over like the pop filter or the microphone. <laughs> that was that was one of the most aggressive Miller Lite openings. Yeah, I've my seen goodness. Long Some time. tension there. She was so excited Pent to get to tension, that cheap, yeah. classy what's, beer. What's going on there? Why, like, she seemed Get her, get her talking because... about cow farts, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> I tried to unbind her a little bit last night. <laughs> no failure just it would took a little cow fart talk (laughs) (laughs) always does the trick (laughs) always good um yeah so back to randy's question so the industry now we can actually we we can sex our semen which that means we most if not all uh, dairy cattle are artificially inseminated um this also for those not not in dairy and maybe not in agriculture listening is a is a real thing Yep. Uh, like like for those not involved, maybe this sounds silly to to them, but this is a real thing. Yep. Yep. So I you, mean, you got to create more life. Yep. And and that's when a cow produces a bovine produces milk is she does not produce any milk until she's had a child. It's no different than any mammal. Yeah. You know? and that's the so you need and then you want to continue that cycle because after she uh has a baby she produces milk and then starts tailing off. So you want to eventually have her have another baby, which you need for a couple things. You need for replacements in your herd because um, nothing lives forever. So yep. you need to keep keep uh, uh, young young versions coming in, young animals coming in. But so you selectively breed these animals. You, you'll see this cow has great traits here, so you want offspring, but she's weak in these traits, so you want offspring that are going to improve those weaknesses. So you you can pick a bull that is strong where she's weak and weak where she's strong, you know, and hopefully create a, a, a sturdier, a better, you like know, a just, Terminator cow, y- y- a Franken cow. Essentially, you know, yeah. yeah. But I mean, just, just a better, better offspring, a healthier, uh, kind of a bigger, faster, stronger offspring. And now the industry has been able to kind of sort the semen to, to we call it sexing it. So you can, have about a 90% success rate on, uh, so all semen has an X or a Y chromosome. And X is a female, and Y is a male, is that? The Rockies. I believe uh, so. Yes, I believe you're, I believe. So you. No follow-up You're the dairy please. farmer, you don't know that for sure? <laughs> uh, no, X is, X is X female. Is, like I said, I X wish Phil Nye was female. here with us. Anyways, uh, and if I'm wrong. Then, there are then people y yelling is, at their then, radios yes, right now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> Bill um, Nye is yelling at the radio because I know he listens. I mean, yeah, let's be honest. He's one of the three, four million. Yeah, he's one of, <laughs> but he's we, one of the tens of people. <laughs> we can uh, kind of, the limiting factor before on growth or replacements was Mother Nature. You'd have a 50% ratio. Well, now you uh, you take the semen and you can breed uh, and have 
pretty much as many heifer calves or heifer replacements as you want. So that has changed the industry a little bit and made it more easily to expand, um, you know, more you can kind of speed up your genetic progress. How long has this been going on? You know, I would say it's been around 20 years, 15 years, but it's a really, while. really taken kind of everyone's ad- adopting it or ad- adapting to it in the last five, five to seven. Okay. The the w- Would you say most dairies probably are, are... I think more of the progressive ones. I think more, yeah, I think most are probably using to at some level. Some, some will use, you know, but you got to manage it because... If you have a, a, a very good pregnancy rate, you you can have way too many heifers, way too many female calves for replacements, and you don't need that because there's a fine line, and maybe I'm getting too technical. A cow doesn't reach her physical maturity until her third lactation or essentially when she's four, four to five years old. When she's on her third calf. Yep, yep. So because when she's on her first calf, she's still young, she's still growing, she's you're giving up some pounds of milk as when she's physically mature she's kind of that's when she's hitting on all cylinders so if you have a herd hitting on all teats yes yes if you <laughs> yes. have a herd that is uh, four of them. extremely heavy <laughs> on younger animals you're going to be leaving some milk at the table because you've chosen to you know have that so there, there's a balance to to your goals to the health of your herd but that has changed the industry, and that that and so there's maybe other people out there also that don't realize artificial insemination is. Ne- I mean, hundred percent. You want me to show you? Or? No. Okay. What percentage? I'll, I'll watch. <laughs> Zach hold his tail. Yeah. I'll. Greg, do you inseminate your cows yourself, or is that like for hire? Like, I mean, do you hire? <laughs> do you, Do you have a bull in the pen? We or? do not have a mature male on the farm so they're so it's everything all, it's all artificial insemination yes and correct. do you do that yourself or is there a company you hire to come in and no do that? we do it ourselves so it's, it's a mail order semen it's it's just yep they come and you have a, a tank of liquid nitrogen and semen on the farm and you have the bulls in there and you say this cow uh, you know should be bred to one of these bulls because it'll make a, a a cute baby, sturdier. Yes, cute. <laughs> it'll make a cute baby. That's, yeah, a sturdier offspring. <laughs> I didn't or, you know, see a more coming. profitable, uh, healthier offspring. So, be, so before that happened, before it gets on your farm in the liquid nitrogen, it requires someone to milk a bull cow. Yep, yep. And that there's companies that have the the. <laughs> yep, I, yep. So that's a yep. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've heard yeah. that semen is like really expensive and like, good for your skin. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, I will shut the microphone. They also spend, Is it past eleven yet? Yeah, they also spend that most of their time is on getting a boat. Bigger. Oh. <laughs> no, um, that, well, what is really expensive I, to you? I, I, I don't know. I've just heard that it's like thousands and thousands and thousands of dollars. I, so I don't know this. When you when you want a cow to be bred, yep. What do you buy? What do you when when you purchase the semen? What is the units used? By the ounce, by uh, the milliliter, by like the CC. Unit. I think it's by the load. <laughs> oh my god! <laughs> All right, cut them. Uh, it's um, we got a whopper here. I, it's it's a very small amount because a lot of it's in the placement. I think it's a half half or a quarter CC. It used to be a half, and now it's a quarter. Maybe it used to be one, and now is a half. But it's a very very small amount. But it's all placed in the exact location where you know it's going to be effective so you don't need need that much so 
so right, what right. what does it cost to breed a cow? Well, like uh, so conventional semen. I'm just shooting from the hip here and saying it's going to cost maybe you know ten to ten to twenty dollars a unit. Okay. And sex used to be a lot more, but it's really come down because of competition. The the uh, technology to to actually do it has gotten a lot better, a lot more inexpensive. So I think you're maybe double the price of that on a sexed unit. You okay. know, twenty five to forty five probably. So. When you say on a unit, that's not that's unit not is per one cow. breeding. It's not per load. <laughs> one breeding. It's not per per load <laughs> injection. <laughs> one one per load. One breeding, but <laughs> you, you don't CPLs. <laughs> oh Lord. <laughs> but you're not guaranteed a pregnancy. Be off of, in their tractors, off, listening to off this. Of, off of, by uh, the way, this podcast is sponsored by Farmers Business <laughs> Network. <laughs> and if you want to talk more about CPMs, what was it? CPLs. CP, so so CPLs called so good for the skin. <laughs> we hope to see you at Farmer to Farmer in Omaha this December. But I I have one more thing. No. Yes, sir. <laughs> so Monday, on Monday, the I just I just happened to see the bank is closed because it's it's Columbus Day on Monday. That thief. Mm. So, oh, are you going to the runestone? I'm going. Hey, man, there. brother, bring it there. up. There you go. So, Greg's farm sits right behind. Oh, do we? There's, there's Park. millions of people listening. Do we want to get that out there? Yeah, we're going there. They're it's good. in the damn history book, man. What's happening at Runestone? It's the birthplace of America. No, yes. no, I'm well aware <laughs> of what the place is. But so, Greg's dairy sits literally. We we the the it's the closest like buildings. It's so right there. The spot they they unearthed the rune st- the Kensington runestone is about hundred yards from the property line. Unearthed. Our yeah, property rune line. Stone. Yep. And yep. that would and be the, the, is that where the flags are? It is that they, actually yes. the birth- yeah. up up on the hill there yep. right that overlooks our farm. So yeah. So yep. look up look up the Kensington runestone. And that's Greg's farm. And what right there. what Randy and just said it. was Kensington. Basically, because yes. you say it funny. Columbus was a liar. Why? You say it funny. Yes, you say Kensington. Kensington. Well, Kensington. K Town. K Town. K Town is K-Town. actually the proper Look up way to K-Town say it. K Town Runestone. Yep. And you'll you'll see that Christopher Columbus is a liar. <laughs> he he was <laughs> the he stone. Was, yeah. What was the stone? Do we got to Google this? Thirteen sixty-two. Nice. He's got it right there. Of course. Twenty-two. Twenty-two people. There's a special. Fourteen on the Goths and eight Norwegians, or something like that. Not. Can you can you cite it? Not. Give me a couple more beers. There's a, a lot. There was yeah. a lot of Norwegian hieroglyphics. Yep. Yeah, mm-hmm. but no. Yeah, thirteen sixty-two. One hundred thirty years before. Um, and being I uh, grew up a hundred yards from where it was found. You got to be a believer right yep. yeah yeah but there's other evidence too there's more in stones and it's oh, yeah. a great little destination if you're ever in douglas county it's, pretty it's a, it's a the, cool like hidden gem it is it's yeah. a beautiful they little found site. rocks on the property that have Help. these triangle holes. holes in them and that was multiple they, that are still there yep. still there yeah, they're still on the walking paths and that's where they that's where they mm-hmm. hammered in the spikes to anchor their ships yep. and the old oregon cart trail goes right through there yeah for people that were headed to Oregon to go get their pheasants. Yep. <laughs> we learned about that. We learned about yep. that yes, on the previous Last podcast. podcast. <laughs> but right. if you pushed it too hard, you got dysentery. You would always get dysentery, yeah. and then you'd have to like shut her down, yeah. hit control, alt, that, delete. That dysentery stuff. Control, yeah. alt, delete was not a thing back then, was it? 
No, I think that was like the most, that was the biggest, well, ask Greg. Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's, it's yeah. on the backside of the runestone. <laughs> not, not as many people know about that. I'll delete. But, uh, yeah. <laughs> All right. Thanks for listening. We hope to see you at... Well, I would say Farmer to Farmer in Omaha is probably the best place to go. We've got some big things planned. What's going to happen there, Zach? Well, I... We're going to do a live broadcast of the podcast. So I don't have full details yet, but there's going to be a pretty kick-butt streaming uh, social media stuff going on, and I'm going to be the uh, the Herb Street of, of Farmer to Farmer. I hear we have a chaperone this year. Call him Kirk. We have a, we have a, we have a chaperone? Well, yeah, uh, Mrs. Millennial Farmer will be chaperoning the oh. event. Apparently, we should be we should be letting everybody know that Mrs. Millennial Farmer and the Master Pipe Layer will definitely be in attendance at Farmer to Farmer. Yeah, yes. we're going to be recording a Off the Husk podcast live. We are. Oh. Yeah. Who yeah. told? Were you told that? No, I am in charge. <laughs> who told? Who would tell her? I make the rules. Well. Well, she doesn't own the event. It I mean, might... she's right. She's we're definitely going to do that now well, that she's. Well, are we going to do it we in could, our hotel room? We could do it know. from we the hotel. The marriage. We're going to do a lot of stuff in our hotel room, Kate. And I'm, I'm not going to be involved in that. Like making no, no, you're not. Or... I got my own hotel. Yeah, you got your own room. Yes. If you're not already following along, you can follow Master Pipe Layer Randy on Instagram, Mrs. Millennial Farmer. Oh, bread and butter dairy. Bread and B R E D like a bread heifer. Yep. Just like a bread heifer, yep. for those of with, you looking with for With a percentage it. of a load. And as usual, <laughs> the millennial farmer on YouTube. It's a low CPL rate. CPL. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Usually, usually do the bye-bye thing. Bye-bye now. <laughs> <laughs> Did you turn your light on? <laughs>